Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone that comes to him must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. This podcast, I've decided, I was, I was hoping uh, by this time I would have like tons of followers or hundreds of followers or thousands or whatever. And that's such a worldly thing. And God has shown me very clearly this morning that this podcast is designed for a small but mighty army. He, he reminded me the, of the story of Gideon in Judges 6 where he took uh, an army of 30,000 men and he whittled it down to 300. God would rather work with a smaller group, like 12, for example, 12 disciples, a small but powerful group than a bunch of people that are just kind of in it halfway because God doesn't do anything halfway. So I just, uh, I'm so excited for you, the listener, I don't care if there's just one person listening. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Those are Jesus' words in Revelation. So I'm so excited to have this message today. You're going to be greatly rewarded, like it says in Hebrews 11.6, for taking time to listen to this podcast, as I'm being greatly rewarded already, having not even recorded it, but just knowing that the Lord has stirred me in such a way that I just can't, I can't not do it. (laughs) I can't help myself. So I think this message is gonna be powerful today. The message that I have for you is the prayers of the righteous, the prayers of the righteous. In James 5, 16, it says these words, this is amazing. It says that the, the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Goes on to talk about Elijah. He was a man who was subject to like passions like we are. In other words, he was just a a man like we are, but yet when he prayed that it might not rain on the earth, it didn't rain for like three and a half years. And then when he did after that, when he prayed for the next three and a half years for it to rain, the skies opened up and it rained. And he was just a man like we were, but he was a man that walked with God. I love the story of Elijah and the story of Enoch because there are two men in the Bible. I believe they're gonna be the two witnesses that come during the tribulation period. And think of that, there's a period of three and a half years and three and a half years during the seven years tribulation that's coming, coming soon too. Um, but, But both Elijah and Enoch walked with God and those are the two men that were translated. They never saw death. They just walked with God their whole lives. And when it was time, God just took them and they never had to see death. It's amazing what walking with God can do for you. And those two men, both Elijah and Enoch, are men that I really look up to and aspire to be. Just somebody who walks with God and talks with God every day the way God intended us to live with him. Adam and Eve walked with God. They, they, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden, it says in Genesis, and they walked and talked with God and communed with him. 
in such a closeness and such a fellowship, such a unity of spirit that was only broken by sin when they decided to just take one bite of the enemy's filth of his lies, one bite of a lie, and look at the lies we're living under today. It's amazing, but I have good news for you. When we see these lies being propagated in the world and just the deception that the world is under, the delusion, as it says in the scriptures, in the Holy Bible, that the in the last days, men will be under a delusion. It says that men will be given over in Romans 1, I think it's verse 18. It says that men will be given over to a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind is a mind that doesn't even know which bathroom to use, doesn't even know what gender it is, and just starts babbling and, and just thinking and speaking things that just don't even make sense. But I thank God through our Lord Jesus Christ that we have a mind that's calm, a mind that's being renewed, the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16, Philippians 2.5, let this mind which is in Christ be also in you. As you hear this message today, I want you to be ultra confident in your prayers. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. You're made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're made right with God through what Christ did on the cross, what he did through his death, the shedding of his blood, that you'd be totally cleansed and totally forgiven. As it says in the book of Hebrews, that, that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses your mind from a sin consciousness to where you have instead a sun consciousness where you're just conscious of God's presence of Jesus living in you through the Holy Spirit's power. And when you pray, watch out. Things are gonna happen. Things are gonna move from this day forward. I declare and decree over you in the name of Jesus that your prayers are gonna become so powerful and so effective that people around you will be bringing you prayer requests. I get them by the dozens, by the hundreds now, because God has just done something on the subconscious level where he's, he's just uh, given me confidence in my prayer and that confidence is in him, in his ability to do what he says he'll do in his word. And by his spirit, he'll do those things that he says when we get in agreement with him. So I'm gonna jump into this message and, you know, it says in, in um, Matthew 6, 6, when Jesus is teaching the disciples, they, they see all these miracles that Jesus is doing. They're seeing all this power that's just being manifest. They could have asked Jesus anything, the disciples. Jesus, show us how you broke the bread to feed the 5,000. How did you walk on water? How did you heal that blind man by making mud by spitting on the ground and making mud out of your spit and then wiping in a man's eyes and creating new eyes in him. How did you do that? How did you cast the seven demons out of, out of Mary of Magdalena? How did you do this? How did you do that? They didn't ask him any of those questions. Those are questions I, I would have asked. But the disciples, they asked him one thing, Lord, teach us how to pray. Wow. And that's where we kick off today, Matthew 6, 6, after they ask the Lord, after seeing all that he was doing, Lord, show us how to pray. They tied the power of God to the prayer life of God. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, and then he goes into giving them instructions on prayer. 
I'm going to read this to you and let the Word of God speak to you. Jesus said, after being asked, right, they said, teach us to pray. And he says, when you pray, enter in your closet. And when you shut the door, pray to the Father in secret. And the Father, which sees you doing this secretly, will reward you openly. But when you pray, don't use a lot of words. That's what the heathen do. They think that they're going to be heard because of their much speaking. Don't be like them. Your Father already knows what you have need of before you even ask him. Pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name, or hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven. He's telling them to call heaven down to earth through prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts and let us forgive our debtors. Remember that verse. Forgive us and as we're forgiven, let us forgive others. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Listen to these next verses after the amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. But if you don't forgive them, neither will your Father forgive you. Jesus ties our prayer life into forgiveness and unforgiveness. If we're completely forgiven by the Father, completely cleansed and made whole by the blood of Jesus, we cannot have any unforgiveness towards anyone when we pray. I believe with all my heart, and there's other scriptures I'm going to share with you that say the same thing, that unforgiveness blocks your prayers. It blocks the Holy Ghost from moving up on your prayers. When we pray, we can't have any unforgiveness towards anyone. Jesus says it three times in those verses I just read you. How powerful is that? One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. Three times he says, you have to forgive he will, these, I believe the number one hindrance, I'll say it again, to, to answered prayers is unforgiveness that we have towards other people. He says, when you're standing and praying, if you have anything towards your brother, any ought towards your brother, any unforgiveness, get up and settle the matter and then return to the altar and pray. Mark eleven twenty two through 26, he says it twice again in there too about unforgiveness. He says, have faith in God. In other words, when we pray, we got to have faith in God. We can't heal in that. But when we pray, God's made us part of this equation that we have to pray and then God moves. Have faith in God for, I say to you, Jesus says in Mark eleven twenty three, whosoever, that's you, are you a whosoever, shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith will come to pass. He will have whatsoever he saith. When we pray, we speak with both our heart and our mouth. Sometimes we can only pray silently. Sometimes we want to pray silently because we don't want to let the devil know what we're doing. And we don't want to cast our pearls to swine to pray out loudly. Sometimes silent prayers are the most powerful prayers. Before a word is on our lips, God knows it all together. He knows all our thoughts, the Bible says. Psalm 139. Therefore, Jesus says, Mark eleven twenty four, I say unto you, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you've received it and you shall have it. Believe it's done when you pray and ask for something and say amen. Amen just means let it be done. 
and don't doubt. And then it goes on to say, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have any ought towards anybody, if you have any unforgiveness towards anybody, your Father in heaven will not forgive you your trespasses. If you don't forgive, neither will your Father forgive you. He says it twice. So make sure, again, you have no unforgiveness towards anyone when you pray. Notice Jesus says, he doesn't say if you pray, when you pray. The expectation is we are going to pray and God's going to answer. Luke 7, 7 and Matthew 8, 8, for which this podcast is tailored after. The greatest display of faith Jesus said he ever saw was a centurion who said to the Lord, when asking him to come and heal his servant, Jesus says, I will. In other words, I'm willing. I'll come. And the, and the centurion says, Lord, I'm, I'm not worthy that you'd come under my roof. He says, but just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority. Keep in mind, we're, this, we're the men today under authority. I'm a man under authority. When I say to this one, go, he goes. When, when I say to another, come, he comes. When I say to another, do, and he does. One word, commandments, go, come, do. When you have the authority, you can just say, go, come, do. Simple commands in the name of Jesus, are powerful and effective. I think the more words we use sometimes, the more it shows our unbelief. Jesus marveled at this man's faith when he said, speak the word only. He said, I've never seen such great faith. No, not in all of Israel. And then he goes on and on about this man's faith. And then he says to him, go your way as you have believed, as you have spoken, so it be done unto you. The man was healed when the centurion spoke because his faith was in Jesus and not in himself. Do you see this tie? Do you see this connection? Jesus never said, thy centurion, thy servant be healed. He never said anything like that. He said, as as you have spoken. And that's why Jesus says, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have it. Mark 11, 22, read that. Mark 11, 22 through 24 says when you pray when you say to this mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea and you and you don't doubt in your heart but you believe it says no doubt in your heart but believe that when you say it it comes to pass it shall happen that's what happened to the centurion as he went along his way his um, servants met up with him and they said, man, the servant at home has been healed. And then he says, what, when did that happen? What hour was it? And it says it was the exact hour that this man had the encounter with Jesus and spoke those words of faith that made Jesus marvel. I'm going to close with this. John 15, verses 7 through 16, talks Jesus himself in the red letter words, talks about us having a powerful and effective prayer life. And he says by, he says these words, John 15, 7. And this is, John 15 is about abiding or remaining in him, united with him in spirit. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. 
And here is how my Father is glorified. And this is how you'll bear much fruit and you'll show yourself to be my disciples. I'm paraphrasing a little here. But the fruit that God wants us to produce is the fruit of answered prayers. And then he goes on to say as let me read that again. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit and so be my disciples and show yourself to be my disciples is another translation. The fruit of answered prayer shows that God is with you. He's working with you, not only to yourself, but to the whole world. All the people of the earth, the Bible says, shall know that you're called by the name of the Lord Jesus and they shall fear you. They'll have respect for you. As the Father has loved me, so, as I, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept the Father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that your joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Answered prayers brings fullness of joy. This is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Laying down your life just means setting your your wants and needs aside and praying for somebody else, either in person or just praying over them from a distance, like the centurion did. You are my friends if you do what I've commanded you here. Henceforth, I don't call you servants. A servant doesn't know what his Lord's doing. I have called you friends. All things that I've heard of my Father I've made known to you. He's showing you how to pray. And then he closes John fifteen sixteen with this. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you. That means given you a holy order that you should go and bring forth fruit. What kind of fruit is he talking about? He goes on to say, and that your fruit will remain. And whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. The fruit of answered prayers, brothers and sisters. The prayers of a righteous person, that's you. You've been made right through the work of Christ. By grace, you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. It's not by any of your works, so no man can boast. For you are God's workmanship. Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus to do these good works that your Father has already planned for you to do. Yes, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And these good works he has for you to do are done through prayer. All you have to do is ask. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. God bless you.